Right. Well, good evening. Great to see everyone as always. I hope you had a blessed Lord's Day. Don't know how your day went, but I know where you're ending it, so very good decision and glad to see you here. So we're going to be in Leviticus 3. If you want to turn in your Bibles, uh, while you're turning there, I'll give you a quick recap of 1 and 2, the burnt offering and the guilt offering, I mean the grain offering. They each had a unique confession. The confession of the burnt offering was one of submission, an acknowledgement that we are sinners in the presence of a perfect God. We can't even attempt to come into his presence without the shedding of blood and a complete sacrifice. Whereas the confession of a grain offering is one of dedication. Um, because you have submitted to God, why else would you not dedicate yourself? And we said really more of a dependent dedication. We said be careful to not fall into the trap of thinking that you are actually dedicating your things to God. Everything you have is from him. So all you're doing is being a good steward and saying, Lord, you entrusted me with this. I am giving it back to you, um, dedicating it to your service. Uh, they each also had a unique consumption. We said that the burnt offering was unique because the whole thing was consumed on the fire. Had to be because it was to represent our inability to come before a perfect God. An entire sacrifice was necessary, whereas the grain offering was almost the exact opposite. It's a little fistful. God said, just give me my memorial portion. Give me my token. The rest of it, if you're really dedicating it to me, then you're dedicating it to my work. Give it all to the priests. He called what was given to the priests a most holy part. Okay, Not just the part that was given to him, but what was given to his workers was most holy. Uh, and then while the burnt offering had, was unique in that it was continual, the grain offering was unique in that it had a very strange definition of corruption. Should I ask Darlene? Come on. What were those two things? There you go. Very good. Okay, she promised me she'd remember. God said, I don't want leaven in it. I don't want honey in it. And we said, wait a minute, but we would usually say those are good things. No, Lord, it'll taste better with the leaven. Oh, have a nice piece of Italian bread. Oh, Lord, haven't you ever had a biscuit with honey? Like, I don't know if that's why God chose those two things. I know what leaven represents, but why did he even choose that? He could have chosen other things to represent sin. In general, what I took from it is that grain offering is when I dedicate something to God, I'm doing it on his terms, what he wants, what he lays on my heart, not with my little spin on things, how I think things should go. So if you need to look back over those sermons or over your notes for those, those were the burnt and grain offerings, ones that I doubt most of us were familiar with. Tonight's the peace offering. So isn't it nice to finally talk about one we know about, right? I mean, everybody here knows what a peace offering is, right? You've probably heard of people giving one. Maybe you've had to give one. Maybe you've received one. I mean, come on. Finally, we get to study something that we've heard of before. Problem is, Lenny, because I see the smirk on your face. It's not what you think it is. Got it? It's not even close to what you think it is. And if I could be honest, it's not even the second thing I thought it was. When I found out it wasn't what the world calls a peace offering, I thought, well, then it must be this. It wasn't that either. So I'm pretty sure, unless you are a master of the peace, of the Levitical peace offering, we're going to learn something tonight. Okay, now what you do with it is up to you, but definitely I look forward to sharing with you, again, my title for the sermon, What is a Peace Offering? And it's actually going to be a little bit tougher because that phrase means something to us. So we have to actually break a bad habit or break a wrong definition so that we can allow God to speak to our heart about what his definition of a peace offering truly is. All right, so we'll pray, give this time to him, and see what he does with it. Lord, thank you. Um, I was up here, I guess, about a month ago, getting ready to start Leviticus. And now somehow here we are, April 16th. Getting into chapter 3. Uh, that's amazing how time flies by, but I do thank you for how I know you've spoken to my heart, how I really do feel like I'm getting a better grasp on these offerings and an understanding of why they existed and how they still speak to us today. Lord, I don't know how you're speaking to anyone else's heart, but I certainly pray that you are. I certainly pray that we're listening. Um, thank you for a spirit that can tell us what we need to hear when we need to hear it. Uh, Lord, break us of any temptation to compare um, how much we know to how much someone else knows. Uh, Lord, we're, we're all where we are. 
And as long as we take steps in the right direction from there, I know that'll honor you. I know it'll make us more sensitive to your spirit. Um, that's why we're here. Lord, we're here to honor you. We're here to grow academically and head knowledge of what your word says, but so that we have more to grow in heart knowledge and have your spirit speak to us. So I thank you in advance. I know what you've laid on my heart. Now I just need that to come out of my mouth. And I'll trust that's what you'll do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if we could all stand in honor of reading God's word, I will tell you it's a longer passage tonight. Uh, we will read chapter 3, which is only 17 verses. But then remember, we've got to go to the priest part. And the priest part is actually kind of long tonight. He has a lot to say about the peace offering there. It'll be chapter 7, verses 11 to 36. But I'll give you time when we get there. All right, but here we go. We'll start with Leviticus chapter 3. God has Moses write, If his offering is a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offers an animal from the herd, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall throw the blood against the sides of the altar. And from the sacrifice of the peace offering, as a food offering to the Lord, he shall offer the fat covering, and covering the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins, and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. Then Aaron's son shall burn it on the altar, on top of the burnt offering, which is on the wood on the fire. It is a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his offering for a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord is an animal from the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offers a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord. Lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's son shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then from the sacrifice of the peace offering, he shall offer as a food offering to the Lord its fat. He shall remove the whole fat tail, cut off close to the backbone, and the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, at the loins and the long lobe of the liver, that he shall remove with the kidneys. And the priest shall burn it on the altar as a food offering to the Lord. If his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord, and lay his hand on its head and kill it in front of the tent of meeting, and the sons of Aaron shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then he shall offer from it, as his offering for a food offering to the Lord, the fat covering the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys. And the priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwelling places that you eat neither fat nor blood. We'll now go to chapter 7. I'll give you a second to get there. And we will pick up in verse 11 through verse 36. So Leviticus 7, verse 11, And this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings that one may offer to the Lord. If he offers it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the thanksgiving sacrifice unleavened loaves mixed with oil, unleavened wafers smeared with oil, and loaves of fine flour well mixed with oil. With the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving, he shall bring his offering with loaves of leavened bread. And from it he shall offer one loaf from each offering as a gift to the Lord. It shall belong to the priest who throws the blood of the peace offerings. And the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving shall be eaten on the day of his offering. He shall not leave any of it until the morning. But if the sacrifice of his offering is a vow offering or a freewill offering, it shall be eaten on the day that he offers his sacrifice, and on the next day what remains of it shall be eaten." But what remains of the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day shall be burned up with fire. If any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering is eaten on the third day, he who offers it shall not be accepted, neither shall it be credited to him. It is tainted, and he who eats of it shall bear his iniquity. Flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burned up with fire. All who are clean may eat flesh. But the person who eats the flesh of the sacrifice of the Lord's peace offerings while an uncleanness is on him, that person shall be cut off from his people. And if anyone touches an unclean thing, whether human uncleanness or an unclean beast or any unclean detestable creature, and then eats some flesh from the sacrifice of the Lord's peace offerings, that person shall be cut off from his people. 
The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, You shall eat no fat of ox or sheep or goat. The fat of an animal that dies of itself and the fat of one that is torn by beasts may be put to any other use, but on no account shall you eat it. For every person who eats of the fat of an animal of which a food offering may be made to the Lord shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, you shall eat no blood whatsoever, whether of fowl or of animal, in any of your dwelling places. Whoever eats any blood, that person shall be cut off from his people. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, Whoever offers the sacrifice of his peace offerings to the Lord shall bring his offering to the Lord from the sacrifice of his peace offerings. His own hand shall bring the Lord's food offerings. He shall bring the fat with the breast, that the breast may be waved as a wave offering before the Lord. The priest shall burn the fat on the altar, but the breast shall be for Aaron and his sons. And the right thigh you shall give to the priest as a contribution from the sacrifice of your peace offerings. Whoever among the sons of Aaron offers the blood of his peace offerings and the fat shall have the right thigh for a portion. For the breast that is waved and the thigh that is contributed I have taken from the people of Israel out of the sacrifices of their peace offerings and have given them to Aaron the priest and to his sons as a perpetual due from the people of Israel. This is the portion of Aaron and his, of his sons from the Lord's food offerings, from the day they were presented to serve as priests of the Lord. The Lord commanded this to be given them by the people of Israel. From the day that he anointed them, it is a perpetual due throughout their generations. You may be seated. All right, a lot to take in. I get it, but that's why I've been working on it for months, and you get to sit there and hopefully be blessed by it. You should know the drill by now. The seven common characteristics are going to pop up on the board, and we're going to see if you remembered seeing any of these little by little. I am hoping that these start to pop off the page at you, that you start to realize that God either does or doesn't keep commenting on this. We are back to killing animals again. That's the first thing Darlene asked me today. She said, are we back to dissecting animals? Now, I think it's because she read ahead. She read Leviticus 3. She saw there's actually quite a bit of dissection going on today. But remember, that was what was unique about the grain offering. Last week was the only week where an animal wasn't killed, where blood wasn't shed, because it was an addendum to the burnt offering, that because we were submitting to God, this was our way of showing a dedication. But yes, if you didn't catch it, without blemishes is mentioned twice out of three. The bull had to be without blemish. The goat had to be without blemish. The goat, it's not mentioned. If you want to say that's just nothing to read into, that's okay. But I see so much detail here that I, I'm never going to think that God just forgot to say something. So tuck that away. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But yes, without blemish is definitely mentioned, but not in absolute terms. Entrance to the temple? Yeah, definitely. Of course, we keep saying it. I can't say it enough. God doesn't, ex God commands that we don't worship him when we want, where we want, how we want. He has a way that he, he expects us to come to him, whether it's in this church building, whether it was at the entrance of the temple. Once again, yes, it's a different offering, but same circumstances, you come to him. Personal responsibility, definitely killing the animal again, doing different things this time. But definitely not just dropping your animal off and hoping God's happy and let them know. Shared responsibility, again, don't underestimate that. There's too many people in this world who think that they can have a relationship with God without having any relationship with God's people or God's church. That's not how God wants it. God continues. Now, I understand Christ is our high priest. I get it. But I don't think that that means that God does not expect you to have a relationship within your church body, a relationship with your pastors, allow them to preach, allow them to teach, allow them to be a part of what God's doing in your life. He commanded it back then. Saul got in trouble when he tried to do it all himself. Once again, we should not at all be surprised that there is a personal responsibility here, but also a shared one. Is there a display of blood? Of course there is. It's a pub. They would splash it along the side so that anybody who walked by would see that blood had been shed, that a sinner was coming into the presence of God. Yes, for a different purpose here. We'll talk about that in a bit. But we should not be at all surprised. I'm a little grossed out, maybe. You know, I'm not used to splashing blood on the sides. But I get it. I get it. 
if that blood plays the role that God says it plays and that we definitely see in this passage it plays, I am not surprised at all that it is on full display for all to see. Sweet aroma, 100%. What we're going to learn about tonight, completely referred to as a sweet aroma before God. And are there various offerings? Once again, yes. Remember, with the burnt offering, there was the bull, the sheep, or the dove if he had nothing else. And with the grain offering, it was you could bake it in an oven, you could bake it in a pan, or you could just bake it on a piece of earth if you had nothing else. And now today, if you have a bull, great. If you have a sheep, great. If not, just go get a goat. All right? God is always opening the door to anyone who wants to walk through it, but you have to walk through it the way he tells you to. No one is disqualified if they're willing to come to him on his terms. We should be very thankful for that, but also very humbled and sensitive to it, as maybe too often we do try to come to him on our terms. So I hope I did that quickly. I know my last two sermons have been a little lengthy, but there you go. Once again, God reinforcing. He could have just had one catch-all offering. I'm just going to keep saying that. One offering that covered everything. No, he said there'd be five. And yet in all five, he expected the offering to be without blemish. He expected you to bring it before the entrance. He gave a personal responsibility in it as well as shared responsibility in it. Blood, if it involved atonement, if not, understandable. Sweet aroma, almost always, but not last week, if you remember. There was one time where it wasn't because it involved leavened bread. And all of them, he covers every base. Nobody gets to say, I wanted to serve God, but I don't have a bull. What can I do? Mm -mm. God said, you want to come? Hey, come, but come on my terms. So there you go. There are the seven things that I'm going to try to reinforce every week that we talk about these Levitical sacrifices. But now let's get back to our, what is a peace offering? I know that was a long passage. Uh, Franz, you're going to say the first number that pops to mind, so you can't be, you're going to be wrong, but you can't be wrong because it's subjective. How many times do you think the word peace offering showed up in, that, in what we just read? Yeah, close, 16. A, a lot, a lot. So I'm not going to argue with God. Oh my goodness. God wants to call it a peace offering. He can call it a peace offering. But can I ask, did, did, did you catch anywhere in there really anything that had to do with peace, especially our definition of a peace offering? I'm assuming we've all, I, I tested my son earlier today, just, you know, find out earlier generation or younger, whatever. Joe, you ever hear of a peace offering? What do you think a peace offering is? Uh, something to try to obtain peace? Okay. Well, sorry, sir, but that's the right answer 99% of the time. Right? Didn't Jacob offer a peace offering so that Esau wouldn't strangle him? Aren't husbands always offering flowers to wives as peace offerings so that wives don't strangle them? Agreed? Right? The whole idea of a peace offering has always been a desire to have peace. Please find me later if you saw that anywhere in there. At no point, and Israel was screwing up all the time, but at no point does God say, and if you bring me a peace offering, it's because I'm really mad at you and you better make me happy. No, especially as Christians, we should be so amazingly thankful that we do not have to obtain peace with God. Romans 5.1 tells us, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If I'm going to learn something from this peace offering, and back then it was because they were trying to obtain peace, then, oh, that, that doesn't, I have Jesus. I don't need that anymore. No. Even for the Israelites, I promise you, we read it. You just probably too much to, to process. It had nothing to do with obtaining peace. And unlike multiple commentaries that said it was a celebration of the peace they have with God, I guess maybe under the surface it is, but I, it's not in there. I'm sorry. As far as I'm concerned, God wants to use the term peace offering. I'm going to try my best to, to see how that ties in. But as we look at tonight's confession, right, every offering is supposed to have a unique confession. That's why God made them distinct. I don't think we can look at the confession of a peace offering until we look at the circumstances. That's my first C. I still have my three C's. But my first C tonight is circumstances. This was unique. 
God actually broke it down. Up until now, the circumstances were, well, if you're rich, bring a bull, and if you're poor, bring a dove. It was kind of like life circumstances. Whereas here, it's more, no, no, what led you, remember, these are voluntary, what led you to want to give this offering? And the reason chapter 7 was so long is because it spent a lot of time, relatively speaking, talking about three reasons that you might give a peace offering. And it doesn't say it's three of many. I don't know, maybe there were other ones, but I'm pretty sure the, the, the reason to give a peace offering falls into these three categories. Verses 11 to 15, and we're not going to put them up on the board. You, you can look later if you want. But it referred to a thanksgiving offering. Now, if I asked you what you thought a Thanksgiving offering was, a lot of intelligent people in this room, I assume you would say, it's when you want to give God Thanksgiving. Yes. But no. Because usually when we say we want to thank God, it's just, you know, because he's so good, because he blesses me so much. We, We speak in generalities. A Thanksgiving offering was given when God answered a specific request that the people went to him about. They needed it to rain, and it rained. They needed healing, and God healed. Nowadays, you're praying for a job, he gives you the job. We we call it answered prayer. A thanksgiving offering was given when God answered a prayer. Okay, that's not explicit in Leviticus 7, but it's an understanding of what a thanksgiving offering was. So that's one. The first reason you might give a a peace offering is if you wanted to give a thanksgiving offering. Sorry if I'm talking too fast. Italian comes with the territory. We're good? Two, maybe you wanted to give a vow offering. A vow offering was kind of a step up from a thanksgiving offering. You guys know what a vow is. When you say, Lord, I need the job, and if you give me the job, I'll make sure that I never take hours on Sunday so that I can still go to church. Right? Pastors warned about giving vows correctly. We shouldn't have to make deals with God. It should be enough to just pray and leave it at his feet. But the most obvious example of a vow offering in the Bible is Hannah. Right? Didn't Hannah say, Lord, if you just give me a son, I promise I will devote him to a life of service for you. Yes? Did God give Hannah the son? Yes. Did Hannah give the son back to God after she went? Yes. That wasn't the vow offering. If you remember, when she brought the son to the temple, she brought him with a bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. That was her peace offering. Her peace offering wasn't to make peace with God. Her peace offering was an acknowledgement that, Lord, I'm not only going to fulfill my vow, but I'm going to show you how thankful I am that you allowed me. Because if you never gave me the son, I couldn't fulfill the vow. I think there's a huge lesson to be learned there. I still agree with Pastor. Don't make vows. But if you make that vow, Lord, if you give me this job, I promise I'll never work on Sunday, then then don't work on Sunday. But this offering is, and you know something, Lord? I I can't believe you gave me that. And any overtime I get, I don't know. It's, It's like an over and above. See, thanksgiving was you pray for something, God gives it to you. Vow was you pray for something with a vow attached, and as you fulfill that vow, which you better do, there's an added vow, peace offering, that goes with it to just show God how thankful you are. Lord, I'm not just going to hold up my end of the bargain. Like, all right, fine, I won't work on Sundays, but up until Saturday, 11.59, that's my time. No, it's the exact opposite. There was such a heart of, oh, Lord, you, you, you gave me what I prayed for. You gave me what I so desperately wanted. I gladly fulfill this vow. And I fulfill it with a peace offering to show how thankful I am for what you did. So there was a thanksgiving offering when a specific need was met. There was a vow offering to show that you weren't just obligated to fulfill the vow. You wanted to. And then there was what was called a free will offering. Exactly what it sounds like pretty much encompasses everything else, you just all of a sudden feel the need to say thank you. Uh, I have a very unique example that I have to share, even though I almost feel like it just sounds so concocted. I promise it wasn't. Yesterday, I paid my taxes. And I'm not asking to be pat on the back. The only reason I'm mentioning it is because it's like the first time, I think in forever, that I've had to pay taxes. 
I'm just telling you, based on having young kids and based on this and based on this and based on not making much money and based on this, usually I get a little something back. So I, I'm not complaining, I'm just telling you. This is the first year, at least, uh, it was a somewhat substantial, it, it caught me off guard, I'm not going to lie to you. And all of a sudden, I promise you I wasn't thinking about the sermon. I was thinking about paying the taxes. And all of a sudden, I had this overwhelming sense of, you do realize you're only paying taxes now because God's grown your kids to the age that they are now, right? And you're now making the money you're making now, right? And you got such a good interest rate on your house, you're not paying all that much. Like, I literally started shaking a little bit as I thought, oh my goodness, and I was almost upset that I'm paying taxes. Like, that's how over, out of nowhere a free will offering, I'm just telling you, maybe that was a stupid example, it wasn't to me. Just out of nowhere, you don't see it coming and you're like, man, I got to thank God. Don't worry, I have a better example than my taxes. Psalm 103, verses 2 to 5, listen to what David says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's not David referring to a specific, th- no. That's David just sitting there, like, literally. Uh, I don't know, but let me speak for David for a second. I think what he meant to say is who redeems your life from the pit, period. Oh, wait, erase that period, comma. And crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, period. Oh, wait, 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 no, comma. Who satisfies you with good so that you... It just kept adding. And look, I know we live busy lives, but take it from me when you just stop for a second and think and meditate and let God just speak to your heart for a second. Oh, my goodness. How did I not think of that in so long? Oh, my goodness, you're right, Lord. I was viewing it like this. I should have been, like, not that I want to go kill an animal. I love animals. But I could understand how just out of the blue someone's like, oh, my goodness. Listen, we're going, to, we're going to the tabernacle tomorrow. We're offering a peace offering. Why, honey? Trust me. We're going. I, I thought it was beautiful. A thanksgiving offering, a vow offering, a free will offering. All referred to as peace offerings. And in my opinion, none that have any, I don't want to say that have anything to do with peace. Of course they have something to do with peace. Peace is the underlying, God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. But we are the ones that truly receive the blessings because we are at peace with him. I'm so glad God drew me to Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I love that verse. It's saying, listen, you have the peace, but you got to be thankful. Not that they're exclusive of each other, but they're not necessarily a given. That because you're at peace, you're thankful. I think that these peace offerings, really the heart of a peace offering, I would say is more thankfulness, agreed? But as I thought about it, I, I, I turned it up one more notch and called it gratitude. If you want to say they're the same thing, go ahead. I just think I throw the word thanks around a lot more loosely than I throw the word gratitude around. Again, stupid example, but it's what pops to mind. I get Friday off. Some of you are probably wondering why. Apparently it's the Muslim holiday Eid. I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. I don't know what it represents. Needless to say, I don't really care, but hey, I'll take the day off. I'm thankful for the day off. But if all of a sudden my car dies Thursday night, and I have no way to get to work, then oh my goodness, I don't have work tomorrow. You better believe my gratitude just shot through. You understand? If you think the words are synonymous, then go ahead, use whatever you want. But I don't just want to say thanks to God. It's too easy to say thanks to God and then walk off and do... But when there's that heart of gratitude, that's what I believe is the heart. That's my confession. The unique confession of a peace offering is because of the peace that we have with God, we should have such a level of gratitude. Gratitude for when he answered that prayer, Thanksgiving offering. Gratitude for when he did what he promised, when you made that vow and he held up his end, so you're holding up your end, wanting to hold it up. Want, desiring to thank him for it. And I won't lie to you, I think the free will is the best out of all of them. I mean, praise God when he answers our prayers, I think. 
But my goodness, when your mind's over here and then all of a sudden he's got you here and you're like, wow, Lord, I'm so sorry I didn't think of that sooner. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I offered him a sacrifice of praise of my lips to about 24 hours ago, to be honest, and I knew I would do it again. I want to praise him. I want to, and I understand I'm at peace with him. That's what, that's what separates me from the unsaved person who wins the lottery and, wow, God must love me. No. You, you can thank God if you want, but his children are the ones who can have true gratitude for what he's doing in their life. So that's my second C. Okay? The confession is gratitude. And is that unique to the peace offering? In a way, no. Right? When you're submitting to God, shouldn't you be grateful for what he did for you? When you're dedicating yourself to God, shouldn't you be grateful? I don't know if any of you caught this. Pastor probably did, but I'm not going to put him on the spot. Did anybody happen to notice where the peace offering was offered? Oh, true. Way more specifically. I meant to write the verse down and I didn't, but that's okay. I should have. On top of the burnt offering. It literally said, and you shall lay your offering on top of the altar that is burning. The, the, it would be placed right over the burnt offering. And then a part of it is, in chapter 7, oh, and make sure you give some loaves of bread to the priests. That's not exactly the grain offering, but, but, but do you see how it encompasses it? I love how God does say, oh, of course you're supposed to be. Listen, you're going to give an offering that's all-encompassing of gratitude. But this one, this one specifically, its heart is one of gratitude. Okay? Uh, burnt offering, submission. Hopefully grateful. But Lord, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to be in your presence. Grain offering, dedication. Lord, after everything you've done for me, I gladly dedicate things back to you. Peace offering, Lord. Again, how can I say thanks? I'm thinking uh, that's my tribute, right? Maybe we close with that, right? How can I say thanks? Well, one way back then was the peace offering. Okay? So that was the confession. Um, just going to read. How beautiful that when we want to say thank you, he lets us. I think that's where the peace comes in. Right? He doesn't just, from a distance, hear thank you. He actually wants to commune with us. He actually wants to eat with us. Did you notice that this is the only one where the person offering it also gets to eat of it. I think it's because when we come into his presence with a humble, grateful, you know, I think of the Beatitudes, right? For they shall see God, for they shall inherit the earth. God wants to bless us so much. He wants, First John, come on, at least give me the word for First John. Rhymes with fellowship. I mean, come on, right? God wants, he desires fellowship with us. And that's not just post-cross. He wanted it with his children then also. So as we move to the last C, consumption, right? We still have the unique confession. We still have the unique consumption. It's just how Leviticus is speaking to me. We're going to take a little longer in consumption because God did. But it's, it's from a heart of gratitude, okay? So first, Who? Who was part of the consumption of a peace offering? In the burnt offering, it all went to God. Nobody consumed it. In the grain offering, God took a little piece. But the priests, right? We just said, in a peace offering, God took his part. We'll talk about what that is in a second. The priests got their part. And even the offerer got his part. It's the only one. You're, you're not going to see the offerer be able to partake in a meal outside of the peace offering. But again, it's not explicitly stated in Leviticus, but we know from other places. That didn't mean it was a private party in the back room with God, the priests, and the offerer. Anyone in the courtyard was invited. And that's such a beautiful thought on multiple levels. First of all, it's a heart of what? Gratitude. And who should be blessed with your heart of gratitude? Look, you're not wrong if you want to say God. Family Feud would put that up number one. Family Feud might even put two as you. Priests is three. But you better believe, who does God want to be blessed by our gratitude for him? The body. Now, if you want to say others, I, I agree. We are a light on a hill. I totally get it. 
But once again, the people in the courtyard, the brothers and sisters who were walking by and seeing the blood spread on the altar and smelling the aroma going up as they waited for their turn to offer something up to God, anyone, the poorest of the poor, could partake in the offering of the richest of the rich. Everyone just shared at a table that God was symbolically at. That's where the peace comes in. If we weren't at peace with God, again, he blesses the unjust with air in their lungs. But it's the peace we have with God that allows us to have the fellowship and the communion and the relationship with him that he wants. But not just this. Oh boy, who said angular? Was it uh, Dan in, in the men's group yesterday? You know, he said, as opposed to a vertical relationship or a horizontal one, I, I kind of think angular. I like it. Because angular is pointed up, agreed? But it's not pointed so straight up that you don't see anyone around you. Right? As we are growing closer to God, sorry, I'm seeing X and Y axis, but I won't scare any of you with that. <laughs> but as X is growing, as I'm growing, as Y is growing, as I'm growing closer to God, oh man, I hope the people with me are growing. I thought that was beautiful. Beautiful. Again, not that they can't grow from your burnt offering, but the burnt offering really did serve a different purpose. The peace offering, not only did the offerer get to partake in it, but anyone else who was there did as well. And it was a great time of communion, a great time of fellowship, because they were at peace with God. Uh, that really spoke to my heart. So that's who got to consume it. That's unique, that the offerer got to consume it. What was consumed. Anybody want to guess what word showed up 20 times in this passage? Fat. <laughs> so, I mean, how can we not love this passage? God is a God after my own heart. Um, no. God's definition of fat is very different than our definition of fat. Okay, we won't have Alvin get up here and tell me all the things wrong with my definition of, I get it. <laughs> when God refers to wanting the fat... You've heard of the fat of the land, right? It just means he wants the best. And it wasn't just the fat. It was the kidneys. It was, it was the innermost parts of the animal. He said, that's what I want. Yes, I'm going to share with you. It's all mine, right? God didn't say, I'm only going to take this part. No, no. It's all mine. And I'm not just going to keep a memorial portion this time. I'm keeping the best. Because if you're really thankful and you're really grateful... Again, my parents came over today, whatever, supposed to be yesterday. But did I love my parents when I was young? Yes. Was I thankful for them when I was young? Yes. Was I grateful for them? Nowhere near as much as I should have been. I didn't even realize it. I took them for granted. But you better believe now, I'll move heaven and earth for anything those two people need. Oh my goodness, there is no, I'll give them the best. Well, whatever they need, they get it. Well, Shouldn't God even be so much more? Even in the time where he says, I'm going to share this one with you. I want to commune with you. I want to fellowship with you. But if you're truly thankful, you're truly grateful, I get the best. And let's be honest, I get the best. Oh, deal breaker. No, I get the best is the beginning of the communion. You give me the best, then we can commune. Not let's spend some time to... No. God wants the best. 316... Uh, Chapter 3, verse 16 said, The priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. Again, I struggle even saying that because it just sounds so... <laughs> but, but the best. The best is the Lord's. And he does take it further. The next verse says, It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwelling places that you eat neither fat nor Blood. I'm not going to talk too much about the blood tonight. I feel like we do a lot. We understand that the blood, uh, God, it's, it's the source of life. God holds blood very seriously. We know that. Focus more on in all your dwelling places. In all your dwelling places, you will not eat fat or blood. Not just while you're offering me the peace offering. In all your dwelling places, you shall not eat fat nor blood. I will definitely read one more passage to help you understand that better, and then we'll break it down a bit. In chapter 7, verse 22 to 27, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, You shall eat no fat of ox or sheep or goat. 
the fat of an animal that dies of itself and the fat of one that is torn by beasts may be put to any other use. But on no account shall you eat it. For every person who eats of the fat of an animal, of which a food offering may be made to the Lord, shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, you shall eat no blood whatsoever, whether of fowl or of animal, in any of your dwelling places. Whoever eats any blood, that person shall be cut off from his people. So if I can do that in reverse, blood, 100%. No, no. Fat. God's not telling the Israelites they could never have any fat. He's saying whether the, the parts that I reserve for myself, whether you're offering them to me in a peace offering or not, hands off. I don't care if you're in your kitchen. The fat that I want on the kidneys, that's still mine. Now, don't eat it. You understand? Don't eat it because it, it and I hope I, I word this well, but if I can just transition to nowadays. Don't just be a Sunday Christian. Don't act like something is so holy and so important to you in this moment, but then you go home and it's really just the mundane. It's, well, we're not over there anymore. Let's be honest. I think we all fall into that trap to some degree. Things that we wouldn't say when we were in church. Things that we wouldn't laugh at if we were in church. Things we wouldn't listen to if we were in church. But hey, I'm not in church now. And it doesn't mean you're watching X-rated. You know, it, it could be not, but, but the point is you wouldn't do it if you were in church. God's saying, well, come on. Then why are you doing it at all? I really, that really spoke to my heart that God says in all your dwelling places, not just when you're in the act of saying how thankful you are to me. In all your dwelling places, the fat is mine. So you're cutting this meat up at home and you don't play, you know, you're not coming for a peace offering. I still want you looking at that fat. I want you thinking of me. I want you thinking of how good I am to you. I want you thinking about how thankful you are. That is mine. Make it think, make, make, make it Help me think of you. I don't know. I just screwed that up big time. But you know what I'm saying, okay? So anyway, God got the fat. That's what he consumed. The priests got the breast and the thigh. Okay, I'm not going to spend that much time. But the point is, God once again said, this is a promise that I made to the Levites. I am going to fulfill that promise, just like the grain offering. I'm going to fulfill it. Um, They got the priest, they got the, the breast, the thigh, and loaves of bread. Uh, one that was leaven, one that was unleavened. Okay, so he's still taking care of his priests. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but they would wave it before God. Just, just, Lord, thank you so much for this. Okay? And then you could say everyone else got the leftovers. They didn't care, right? They, they were very thankful for it, but I definitely don't want to word it that way because, again, then it really lowers the bar which some of us might think God's already lowered the bar, if you didn't notice. All of a sudden, it was okay to give a male or a female. Whoa, Lord, what happened? All of a sudden, it's okay to give leaven, and not, not just okay, he says, give leaven and unleaven. Lord, what happened? The goat didn't have to be without blemish. Lord, what happened? If God was a human, we'd be saying he's getting soft in his old age, right? I mean, isn't that a phrase? We know that's not it. The reason why it looks like God's lowering the bar is because this isn't something that you're sacrificing to him. As a, it's not referred to as a most holy sacrifice. It's something that he's going to share with his fallen children. And because of that, if you bring a female, that's okay. Let's share it together. You bring a goat, that's okay. Let's share it together. You bring, a, 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 again, the one commentary I read, I kind of liked it. He said, make sure there's a leaven and an unleavened there, because no matter how hard you try, you're always going to have leaven. So let's just admit it now. Let's just acknowledge that I'm going to try my best to be unleavened, but Lord, thank you that even though I still have that leaven, I can still be in communion with you as long as I'm striving. What do we always say at communion? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, oh, but I sinned yesterday. Okay, but do you feel bad about it? Then take communion so that you can grow in your relationship with him. If you don't feel bad about it, then fine. But I kind of like that it almost does look like God's lowering the bar, but he's just saying, listen, I want to fellowship with you. I'm not going to put all these things in place that make it so difficult for you to fellowship. Oh, you don't have a bowl? Get out of here. Oh, it's a girl? Get out of here. What, what's this goat? Get out of it. No. He wants to, but he wants to on his terms. Again, in verse 19 to 21, he does say that flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burned up with fire. All who are clean may eat flesh, but the person who eats of the flesh of the sacrifice of the Lord's peace offerings while an uncleanness is on him, that person shall be cut off from his people. 
And if anyone touches an unclean thing, whether human uncleanness or an unclean beast or an unclean detestable creature, and then eats some flesh from the sacrifice of the Lord's peace offerings, that person shall be cut off from his people. I can't really break that down because I didn't do a huge study on what makes you clean, what makes you unclean, but we know the Pharisees made such a big deal about that. They tried to corner Jesus on that. <gasps> you didn't wash your hands, you're ceremonially unclean. Well, this is where they get it from. Even in the moments where God says, fine, bring a female, bring a goat, do with this, bring leavened bread, you still better be clean. You know, we got to be careful. <laughs> oh, God loves everyone. Oh, God, I'm... <sighs> we just keep lowering that bar so he can fit in a nice box for us. And he says, no, 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 no. No, I do want to commune with you. I do want to be at peace with you. I do want you to be grateful for what I've done. But you still have to strive to be clean. You still have to follow my rules. So who consumed it? God, the priest, and the people. What did they consume? God got the fat. The priest got the bread. The shoulder, which supposedly stood for the burden of the people. And the breast, which supposedly stood for the heart of the people. I didn't feel like talking much about that. And then the people, listen, no, no fat, no blood. You better be clean. The food better be clean. But as long as you meet those requirements, yeah, please, let's eat together. Right? What does Jesus say in Revelation? I stand at the door and knock. I want to come in and dine with you. Beautiful, beautiful verse that God wanted as well. So we have the who, we have the what, and we'll finish with the when. When was it consumed? That's unique to this. None of the other offerings, at least up until now, have made a big deal about when. But that Thanksgiving offering, you had one day to eat it. The vow and the free will, you had two days. But if you thought about eating it on the third day, it actually says your entire sacrifice will not be accepted. And obviously, God knows the future. <laughs> Did I read some reasons for it? Yes. Did any of them speak to my heart? No. I'm just going to be honest. Well, it kind of made sense, maybe. The only thing that made sense to me as I sat and meditated and, and just asked God to speak to my heart is too often when we give the sacrifice, symbolically speaking, that's where it ends for us. We give something to God, okay, I did what I had to do. But God wanted them continually thinking about it. I, I, I give the offering, I start eating it, I better finish it today. Why, Daddy? Oh, well, because this was because God gave us the crops that we needed to get through the... Hey, Daddy, how come we can eat this after two days? Because God just laid on my heart to give it then. That's called a free will offering. And you understand? Like, that's how it spoke to my heart. That it wasn't just, okay, let's eat. <laughs> oh, look, we have leftovers. No. Even as they're eating, there's a sense of purpose, a sense of focus, a sense that says, finish it today. You know something? We could save some of this for tomorrow. I think the reason it doesn't want to go past three days is because at that point... It's really just becoming ritual at that point. Oh, good, we have more food, like the Corinthians. No, no, no. You eat it on day one, or you eat it on two days. I felt I had to mention that. The Bible makes that unique to a peace offering. But how does it speak to my heart? That the offering be the beginning, not the end. So, did I miss a lot? I'm sure of it. I am sure there is a lot of meat still on the bone. Having said that, that's how God spoke to my heart again. Uh, I'm so thankful that he can speak to your heart however he wants to. But as I keep studying the, the distinct confessions and the distinct consumptions and then the distinct other C, because i got to keep coming up with another C, I don't want to say I'm understanding this stuff, but I'll say I'm understanding it on a level where God's been able to speak to my heart, and that's all I've asked. Okay, I'm talking to my mom today. Again, she said the same thing. i got to admit, I love underlining things in my Bible. I think I have about three underlines in Leviticus. And if you know my mom, that's saying something. So I'm just thankful for all of you, especially the young ones. You guys are growing in Leviticus. <laughs> I hope you're getting something out of it, because if you are, you're decades ahead of me. So thank you, Lord. Next week, Pastor is going to be preaching, because my daughter Gianna has a concert at another church. Uh, so we will take a break. You can kind of, I don't know, just kind of review the different ones. And then in two weeks, we will look at chapter 4, which is the fourth offering. Lord, I thank you. I, I really do. Lord, I, you could have me on a street corner preaching to the world and just hoping that people would listen. But, and uh, you can do that. But right now, uh, you, just, you put me in a room of people who have your spirit. 
So I thank you that even when I trip over my words, even when I talk too fast, even when something makes sense in my mind but not through my mouth, Lord, I, I can rest in knowing that your word was preached and that people will hear what you want them to hear. I, I thank you for that. I thank you for the confidence of it. I thank you for the, the promise of it, Lord, that your spirit will speak what we need to hear, when we need to hear it, but he will not send conflicting messages. He will not. He just won't, Lord, and I thank you. I thank you that it really isn't on any of us who get up here. Um, we just have to humbly share what you've laid on our heart, and then you do the rest. So I do give you a sacrifice of praise. I do stand submissive before you, dedicated to you, and in a heart of gratitude, Lord, for the many overwhelming things that you have done for me, are doing for me, and I'm sure will continue to do for me as I strive to honor you with in this body that you've blessed me with. So I thank you for whatever else tonight holds, Lord. I just pray that these words can stay with us and that we can grow closer to you through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Um, if we could please stand, we're going to open up our hymnals. And we're going to sing the song that uh, Pastor John requested, My Tribute, which is 54. We'll sing it twice through. 54 in your hymnals. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. With his blood he has saved me. With his power he has raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. With his blood he has saved me. With his power he has raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. And then doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. 